You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Libertarian Country is one of the fastest growing and most popular liberty-themed apparel companies in the world. This American-based company was founded by two brothers out of Baltimore who had a vision to create an online store that offers fun, unique, and controversial political clothing and accessories. This five-star company offers the hottest shirts, hoodies, hats, and so much more. So check them out today. This is an independently-owned, liberty-loving business that basically gives you the exact type of apparel and paraphernalia that you've wanted anyway. You just didn't know you wanted it now. Every purchase you make using the link in the show notes allows a small part of your purchase to come back and support the show. So go on, go grab some awesome libertarian country swag using that link in the show notes. You'll thank me later. Hey, everybody, check out the Break the Bell podcast, where we believe your voice is your most powerful weapon. For a weekly dose of our take on what's going on in the world mixed with a side of history. Find us wherever podcasts are found or on social media handle at Break the Bell Pod. And most importantly, never stop talking. Prepare yourself. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. I've had the fortunate, or maybe unfortunate, advantage of having some uh, pretty peculiar encounters in my young life, especially getting out of college in 2017. I was, as you would say, impressionable, and, uh, well, shit, I mean, that, that doesn't even do it justice. I made a lot of dumb decisions, let's put it that way, and I don't think if I had been in a better position financially, I would have made them, but that also was not something I had the luxury of, like many of you, which is why you listen to this show. Welcome back, it's on the run. I'm going to talk to you about something that I don't think I've actually spoken about on air before. And that makes everything all the more interesting. Multi-level marketing. MLMs, you may have heard of them. You may have been once enticed by them. Or if you're like me, you may have potentially been predatorily, predatorily. You may have been preyed upon by one of these MLMers. Whether it's Amway or Exit Realty. Many out there. Many, many out there. uh, That get you to basically sign up telling you you're going to make a ton of money really fast, but what you begin to really see is that you invest way more than you'll ever get out of it, and all you'll do is push away your friends and family. Not fun. Not fun at all. You're probably wondering, Remso, for all the things you were doing, why didn't you know any better with MLMs? Well, because if you're like me at the time, you didn't immediately see a giant pyramid scheme staring at you in the face. I'll never forget, I'm at Walmart picking up a tripod uh, that I need to go ahead and film a documentary with my brother Ryan, award-winning producer Ryan Martinez over at The Witching Hour, uh, former producer of my show, and as we're at the uh, at the camera section, just my girlfriend and I, this uh, nice gentleman comes over, he uh, sees my class ring from Liberty University, and he says, oh, is that a West Point ring? Is that a West Point ring? And uh, I'm like, no, it's uh, it's a 
class ring from Liberty University. And he's like, oh, Liberty. I know people from Liberty. And we get talking. And, you know, nice guy. I'm, I'm friendly. I don't mind talking to strangers. And he looks pretty clean cut. Uh, starts asking me what I'm doing. And I tell him, well, I'm in digital marketing and all this other stuff. And he's like, oh, what, what do you think about passive income? And I thought it was kind of a random thing to bring up. But I'm like, oh, well, are you offering me something? He's like, let me go ahead and offer you an opportunity. I mentor a ton of young people like yourself. And uh, I help them basically become financially independent and rich. And I'm like, well, shit, give me a card. So I gave him my card. We started texting our next couple of days. And he said, hey, meet me at this uh, Marriott in the convention center. I want you to meet just a couple of the other kids that I mentor. And uh, here I am. I'm, I'm unemployed. I'm broke as shit. I'm pretty sure I had to ask for a loan to buy that tripod. Not fun. Not fun at all. And... Uh, you know, a few days later, my, my girlfriend drives me over to Marriott. I'm wearing a suit, and I go in, and I go into the convention hall, and I'm like, huh, this is this is kind of strange. There are a lot of people here, and there were a lot of people there. And what I noticed was that you had this giant schism. You had a lot of very much, I, I'd say probably like my parents' age people, like people in their 40s, and all young people like myself. And uh, I don't want to judge, but... You could tell that a lot of the younger people around my age, there, there's a certain look, and maybe it's because I've I've worked in suits in DC so often. But you know, like I, I'm comfortable in my suits. I look like I'm natural in my suits. There are a lot of people who are wearing you know professional attire that they did not look comfortable in, and typically those people, from what I gather based off my time. You could tell that this was not a normal thing for them. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm saying a lot of people. There were a lot of people. This guy was not mentoring a couple of people. I go in, and immediately the, the guy, he, he finds me, and he's like, Remso, I want to introduce you to a couple of people. And remember, at this point, I still have no clue what's going on. Is this a party? Is this a training? What is it? He goes around, and he's introducing me to all these people who were also, quote, mentored by him. And it's just getting kind of odd because I still don't know what's going on. And then eventually, uh, you know, I get a seat in the front row and these people start talking to me about, you know, developing different streams of income, how they paid off debt, how their lives changed, vacations they went on as a result of this. And I'm just thinking, I still don't know what this is. And long story short, it turned out to be a multi-level marketing recruitment drive for a company called Amway. Now, multi-level marketing in the United States is not illegal. Direct pyramid schemes are illegal. And this was their attempt of trying to get people to come in. You get them there, you overwhelm them, you introduce them to other people like them who are very rich and seem to be doing well. Then what you do is you get them to sign up and they start a quote-unquote business. And the gimmick is you're basically selling everyday normal products that are at a much higher markup because they're all private labeled by this company. And what you basically do is you convince your friends and family to get on a auto-recurring um, plan so that way they're getting like a box of toothpaste every month. And the whole idea was, you know, instead of going to Walmart, why not go to Remso Mart? Why not help you out? And, you know, while that might not seem like an issue, there's certainly nothing wrong with being entrepreneurial. The problem is the idea is to get other people recruited. And that way you get a percentage of all of their future sales. 
And then, you know, you get them auto-buying, and then you have them recruiting. And that just basically turns into the system where you're convincing all your friends and family to buy shit automatically from you on a monthly basis, and you're recruiting people, and they're recruiting people, and you're all getting a slice of the pie. And it's very uncomfortable as you start to realize that anyone that's had to do that, you understand how uncomfortable it is sometimes. It's not like you're doing a one-time deal. You're basically pressuring them into get to, into getting involved with an organization that is not very clear. And uh, I began to realize that, so I slipped out, called my girlfriend. She picked me up, and I blocked everyone's number, and I realized, well, shit, this is basically a, a pyramid scheme. Now, you would have thought after that I would have been smarter. Don't talk to strangers. Don't listen to strangers. If you think you're in a weird group situation where you don't know why everyone's there, who's there, and no one really knows each other, and a ton of people also like you don't know why they're there, probably a good reason to leave. But, alas, that didn't happen. I had a friend that was uh, doing phone banking for Americans for Prosperity. She said, hey, come do this. I'll buy you lunch. There's going to be another guy there. He's letting us borrow his office. He's a friend of mine. He's going to make calls, too. So I go there, and it's the office of a local exit realty office, and the guy is making calls. But what I also noticed is that he wasn't, like, he was friendly, but he was also, he kept talking about real estate. And Exit Realty is a real estate company, but they operate like this. They operate almost entirely like an MLM. The idea is for every person that you recruit as a REMAX agent, you're entitled to a certain percentage of that person's sales for the rest of your life. And that person goes out and recruits people. And for every house they sell, they get a, I mean, that person gets a percentage. So it's, it's just like the Amway deal, except with real estate. It's the exact same thing with real estate. And I was very much for the idea of getting my real estate license. I thought this would also be a great way to do it. Uh, he took me out to lunch a bunch of times, called me constantly. I was more interested in possibly doing digital marketing, and we had discussed doing a lot of digital marketing for his affiliate. And, uh, you know, went on for almost a year. The problem was I did not have the money to do it. I had my parents stake me $200 to sign up for a class. But what I kept seeing was that the cost of starting up as a real estate agent, they just kept increasing remarkably the more I did my homework. And uh, while I, I don't think there's a problem with you becoming a real estate agent, the thing is that in a situation like this where somebody's aggressively trying to recruit you and aggressively trying to get you to speed up the program, um, what I think they forget in that situation is that, you know, this is very much your money. And I bluntly asked him on several occasions, I said, if you could stake me the money, I'll go ahead and I'll pay you back the amount with interest. And he didn't want to do it. And I kept saying, well, how about, you know, I do this marketing and this way what you pay me, I can go ahead and put towards my license and everything else. And I thought that was a good deal because I'm giving you value and you're giving me cash so that way I could get my stuff ready and when I make sales, you make money. I thought it was a good way to go ahead and give me the cash I needed to get started. But it very much became the point where he was only talking to me about digital marketing because that was a way to keep me on the phone to still try and sell me on this idea of becoming an exit real estate agent. And it just got to the point where I just got fed up with it it turned me away from real estate entirely. I had to block the man on every social media platform and my phone, and I've just tried to completely get away from him. 
because he just wouldn't take no for an answer when I got to the point where I'm like, listen, I just don't think this is going to happen. I'm going to develop passive income. I'm going to to develop additional streams of income. I'm going to try and make all this work, but it's not going to happen through this, especially not right now when I'm just finally getting my, you know, getting on my feet and I'm in a much more stable position. It was a, it, it, it caused me a lot of stress. Let's put it that way. Um, I don't think the man had bad intentions, but it got to the point where it's like, listen, you have to, you have to learn when you're basically being groomed by somebody to get involved in a business in a situation where, and I mean, most of my friends who are real estate agents will tell you they might not sell a home for a year. So not only was real estate, oh, and, and by the way, it would have happened around the time that Corona had started by the time I finally got my license and everything. Yeah. So I think I dodged a bullet there. But here I am getting involved in not just an industry I really know nothing about. I feel like I'm getting rushed into. It's going to cost me a lot of money. But it's also this idea where he kept he, – he was making me call and text and email my friends and refer people way before I even tried to get started with the real estate class. And I, I had a friend – who, who texted me and she was just like, Remso, this guy won't stop calling me. He keeps texting me. This is getting weird. Remso, this is an MLM scheme with real estate and you need to cut it out. And at that point, that's when I realized, well, shit, I have let this man just completely make my decisions for me. And my God, I haven't even started the process yet and I'm already doing shit for him. I, I talk a lot about becoming financially independent. I talk a lot about developing passive income streams and second income streams, the need to constantly get your side hustle going, the need to constantly dictate the outcomes of your life and the actions that you take because ultimately money gives you the one thing that is constantly depreciating but you are in constant need of and it's more options, it's more time. I don't love cash because I just love big numbers. I like having choices, and I'm pretty sure that you like having choices too. And choices mean more freedom. Choices mean more opportunity. More time and more choices is ultimately the only real thing money can provide you. And it's why I work as hard as I do, and I've made a lot of decisions that have ultimately either really worked out or really not worked out. I think for the first time in my life now, I'm at the point where I'm not just constantly bleeding money and I actually have a plan and I'm actually doing quite well. I'm not great. I'm not anything to boast about, but I'm in a far better position than the majority of people I know. And it, it came through the process of starting businesses. I started several businesses out of college. They all failed. Just, just gotta be honest. I made a lot of rookie mistakes. I made a lot of, uh, you know, bad decisions with money in terms of how to properly invest in starting a photography business. You know, you're putting money into the marketing, the branding, the social media. You're dealing with clients that don't want to pay you what you're worth. You're dealing with people that want to constantly get a discount. Trust me, I made all those decisions. I undersold myself a lot. I did a lot of stuff putting in far more work than the money I was getting. And it's, it's one of those things that I wouldn't trade for the world because it made me a much better entrepreneur, a much better 
uh, businessman later, and now here I am with a full time job with multiple streams of income. I think I've I think I've paid my dues. I've lost time. I've lost money. I've lost opportunity. But I had to make those mistakes, and I look back at those moments where I'm being groomed by these MLM people, and I'm just thinking, gosh, that is not sustainable. Of course, some people are able to do it and succeed, and if you're one of those people, good for you, but I will advocate for a lot of things. I will not advocate for that. Some of you get upset that I start the show with one to two ads um, an episode. And I do this because when I restarted this show with the We Are Libertarians Network, I told Chris, I'm not going to take paid advertisers. I'm only going to do my own affiliate marketing. So all those script reads you hear at the beginning of the show, no one's paying me necessarily to do that directly. These are all brands and services from libertarian country to Cash App to Robin Hood to inbox dollars. These are all things that I use myself. And what happens is when you click a link, when you take advantage of one of the offers that are in the show notes of every episode, um, I include all of them there and they're all on my website. If you want to go check it out on the run.fireside.fm, um, you know, I get a commission from that. I get, uh, in the case of Robinhood, for when you sign up, you get a free stock and I get a free stock. So I'm only sharing you things that I personally use and I personally vouch for because I will admit that uh, in years past, I had clients who I promoted or let them advertise on my show and I did not fully believe in them. And there was one uh, business that I, I... I honestly, I don't quite remember the name of it. It was about three, four years ago. Um, it was in the crypto trading space with uh, foreign foreign currency exchanges as well. It turned out to be a massive failure, and a lot of people lost a lot of money off that. And I look at that, and I think, wow, I took it because I just wanted the money, and I thought it sounded cool. And a lot of people I know that got involved with it ended up getting scammed out of a lot of money. I wouldn't say scam because I don't think they initially were trying to take money out of people, but it was something that I would certainly never tell people to get financially involved with. And that changed the way that I did things because now I'm at a point where I'm not making a majority of my income from podcasting. Therefore, I can have more control over what I do. So if you want to support the show... Definitely check out the links in the show notes and take advantage of that. When you buy a t-shirt from Libertarian Country, when you sign up for Cash App, when you do inbox dollars, when you do any of that stuff, that helps me out. But those are products I use and products I feel comfortable with. So that way I put the beginning of the show before the freaking opening credits start and then you get a full hour long, hour and a half long, two hour long show sometimes. So you're getting all of this for free. And I'm not even getting directly paid for advertising for these businesses, but I'm hoping that if somebody hears about something useful to help them become more financially independent, to become wealthier, to become smarter, to do all the things we talk about in the show, maybe they will benefit from those things. And as a result, I will also benefit from those things. So those are things I trust. With multi-level marketing, I see it happen far too often. And it's something that even now uh, I, I see people falling for, and it's in every industry. 
But I want to go ahead and actually, I found this article. It's over at secretentourage.com. That's secretentourage.com. I'm going to go ahead and include this in the show notes. It's an article, 10 Reasons Why MLMs Are Bad News. I'll go ahead and read this, uh, skim through it, and I'll add my own commentary. But um, let's see. In many recent arguments and conversations, MLM followers always assume that being part of an MLM is the same as being self-employed or even comically an entrepreneur. The reality is that the MLM model is here to stay, but it's far from being a business for yourself, nor even close to being an entrepreneur. Here are 10 clear reasons why being an MLM is more like being a cheap salesman at a company that sells products that no one wants. These people are more blunt than I am. I like it. Number one, you were told what to do and how to do it. In a business or in an entrepreneurship, you are the creator and the one responsible for executing. You are the one required to create the product and oversee the idea itself, but in this case, it's far from that. All MLM companies provide you with their products to sell and even show you ways to sell them. How are you not a salesman? I, I, would, I would argue to some degree that an entrepreneur is definitely somebody that goes out you know, all in on themselves. But an entrepreneurial spirit is always selling. So I don't I don't like I don't fully agree with the statement, though I get what they're selling. You have a lot of people with uh, Amway, for example, like the cool like the no, I won't even say the cool thing, the the cheap thing that they do to tell people it's your own business is they let you come up with your own domain and you can call it like Chrissy's store or Johnny's store or Mark's store or something. And that gives you a, a false sense of ownership, even though you're ultimately only selling Amway products. Uh, two, you have no control over the product, which is true. While it's bad enough that you have to sell the product, you also to say you also have no say on the cost. Or, ah, sorry, you also have no say on the cost or the ability to tweak the product, its labeling, or anything that has to do with branding. Essentially, you're buying a product at retail cost and simply trying to sell it for profit. Um, you know, uh, Pampered Chef, my mom used to do Pampered Chef. She got scammed of that whole thing uh, 20 years ago. She had to actually buy everything, order everything, and then she'd sell it for a markup. So if she didn't sell it, she was out of pocket. Uh, there is no different than if you walked into a Costco, bought a can of Red Bull for $2, and attempted to sell it outside the store for 3 The only difference is the can in the supermarket is actually good enough to be on the shelves. I like this guy. Uh, three, no one has your back and it's in the writing. This is absolutely true, 110% true. If you read the contract you sign when you join an MLM, it clearly states that you are not an employee nor a contractor and that the company has no, no liability for your actions. What you fail to realize is that it means even in the case of a lawsuit about the product itself, which you have no control on, you could be sued for just distributing it. At least when you work at a coffee shop, the business assumes responsibility for its employees or actions, especially for its product. For you are the MLM's best customer, and that is 110% true. The thing about Amway is that what they try and do is they try and sell you different courses, different packages, different classes, different seminars. They, they keep finding ways for even the people that are successful at just selling the product and getting people recruited. There's always an upsell. There's always a different class. There's always a different program. There's always a different club. You're going to spend, I think somebody showed on uh, the Chris Hogan show, that you're going to end up spending more money on the MLM itself than it, you know, you will ever make selling their products. Um, 
and the author of this article goes, this is my favorite of all time, especially as we hear uh, that Vima was just ordered to close its doors by the FTC. I don't know what that businesses, I'll be honest, for being a, quote, illegal pyramid scheme. While it may seem strange that a business that pretends to sell products focused 99% of its budget on recruiting a sales force rather than marketing the sale of the product itself. Um, it's also a lot logical as more salespeople are forced to buy the product to resell, which means that more consumers in the door for a product no one wants otherwise. Even better, they are able to charge a fee to work there and a fee for their products, meaning that you're, you are not only their best customer, you're also being overcharged to work there. Five, you're forced to dismiss criticism. One of the worst parts of being part of an MLM is that you're told that just about any negative comment about the MLM itself is part of an elaborate plot of haters or lost souls who have tried and failed at the golden opportunity. Very true. I experienced this. I was, yeah, both ends. I experienced this. Uh, Typically, every business is met with opposition, but you do not have to question the motive of hundreds of people who share similar experience and are frustrated enough to write about it. Uh, six, it's in the fine print, yet you ignore it. MLMs are forced to describe their earnings statements and how divided such earnings are. Year after year, MLM companies showcase their earnings, yet only show less than 0.01% of their salespeople make any money over 32000 with the majority of people making less than $1,000 a year. Yet every seminar, every recruiting boot camp sells a very different story, a promise of financial independence. Huh, where does this sound familiar? When was the last time you were excited of getting a full-time job that made less than $1,000 a year? Seven, everyone seems to make money, but no one can prove it. Yeah, all the people there, Rolexes, hot women, Ferraris, retired by 20. It was, yeah. Lifestyles like cars, jewelries, or stacks of cash are all used to promote the idea of financial freedom in the MLM companies, but yet no one can actually prove to have made their money within it, unless, of course, we were talking about those at the very top. The idea of financial freedom is great in most cases. It is the idea itself that is sold by countless amount of people who are following it in all hopes of making it, but have yet to see or taste it. I once asked the director of an MLM to show me his tax return and said if he actually makes more money than me as he claimed, I would give him my $120,000 Porsche. He has yet to show me his return. Um, eight, your focus is to recruit, not sell. This is key. This is why I mentioned earlier for both Amway and Exit Realty. Uh, when was the last time the highest incentive you worked for was to hire more people? Which company did you ever work that traded human capital for cash rather than sold a product or service? There are only two answers. One, human trafficking. That's dark. And two, working for an MLM. The goal of every MLM is to reach an audience through its so-called contractors, who are all encouraged to bring their family and friends into the mix. This is where things get really bad. The livelihood of any MLM is fueled by its ability to increase its workforce, which ends up being its greatest source of consumers. Imagine if you worked for yourself and all you had to do was find more people to work um, with you when you haven't even started to make a profit. Why would you ever do that? That's a question I ask myself. Nine. They target the hopeless, and this I, I didn't. I, I actually did not read the full article before this, but now I feel like it was written for a younger me. I feel this on many levels. Uh, ten out of ten MLMs I've encountered love to sell the idea of financial freedom and independence for those who work a low wage nine to five or unable to, or are unable to find employment. 
Those that lack awareness and the ability to grow themselves are ultimately the single best people for the MLM to recruit, partially because they lack awareness, but partially because they are losing hope and need something to hang on to. That, that is very true. Uh, 10, in, it's endorsed by celebrities, but yet never practiced. Many businesses endorse MLM companies and I'm sorry, many business celebrities endorse MLM companies and yet write in their own books about the power of the MLM model. Yet none practice it. If you look at their social feeds, websites, and many other things, none are actually selling you the products they endorse. Why? Could it be their face was used in exchange for money? Most likely, every single celebrity is simply using their image to endorse a brand, and then the MLM company leverages that endorsement if the business if it's a good business opportunity. For example, if Tony Robbins said that Vema was a great brand, Vema would say that Tony Robbins endorsed its brand and culture when Tony Robbins could have simply mentioned he enjoyed the product or brand. The model is real and profitable profitable, but only for less than 0.01% at the very top. I will go ahead and link to this um, article in the show notes today. And wow, all of that, especially the last two, are very true. Um, Remember how I mentioned when I went to that uh, uh, convention, conference, meeting, recruitment drive at the Marriott, I saw a lot of people that didn't look comfortable in their suits because they never looked like they wore suits. Um, they, they were probably people like me. As I spoke to some of the people I sat next to who were also being recruited, groomed, and manipulated by some of these other MLM people, the stories were often the same. I'm working part-time, multiple jobs, and I could barely pay my rent. My mom is sick, and I don't have a college degree, and I need to work all day. I'm just getting tired of working so hard for so little money. I've been chronically broke. I can't find a job no matter what I do, and this is the first person that's taken an interest in me. There's a reason why this shit keeps going. It's because there's that constant need for people to feel validated by their work and to actually know that they can make all the reward for all the work that they put into it. I feel that in so many levels, and that's nothing to be ashamed of if you felt that way or if you currently feel that way. But the problem is how it's done. Um, With these things, I I mean, I've seen just far too many people get ruined. Surprisingly, surprisingly, I I, I talk about this pretty often. I I was a mall cop for a while, and honestly, being a mall cop was much more honorable than being a part of an MLM. All I had to do was uh, stand around all day and make sure people didn't shoplift and call the cops occasionally on drunk people and get yelled at a lot. And... I had to go ahead and take a drug test. This is about seven months after that MLM experience at the Marriott and about um, a year before Exit Realty. And I'll, I'll explain why I felt like the Exit Realty MLM scheme was not in the same way as Amway, though I, I will say don't do either. Um, the person administering my drug test asked me, so did you always want to be a mall cop? And I could tell she wasn't like, if anyone else had said it, I probably would have been like, oh, well, you're, you're being facetious. You're being a dick. But she was just trying to make conversation. And we started talking. I basically said, no, I'm looking for other opportunities. It's just something I need for money. And she mentioned, yeah, you know, I work with a mentor who's helping me start my own business of some other young people. And just the way she phrased it, I'm working with a mentor who's helping me start a business with some other young people. That's what caught my ear. And as soon as she said that, I said, are you doing Amway? And she said, yes, I just started. 
and I asked her, how much money have you put into it? And I'm not going to tell you the amount, but it was a lot of money that I could tell that this girl working at the piss lab factory to get people drug tested for jobs, uh, she, she should not have been spending money on that. And I basically told her, you got to understand, you're going to end up spending more money on this than you'll ever make. And you're just going to work really hard to make somebody else a majority of the money you will make. And it's not worth it. And she didn't say anything after that. She walked away and she was incredibly, I, I won't say she seemed upset, but it basically appeared like what happened when my friend texted me and was like, Remso, this is ridiculous. Um, she didn't talk to me for the rest of it. And I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm surprised she didn't mess with the results. Like we're going to get the meth head and pour his piss in his piss bottle or something because she got mad at me. I'm hoping that she made it out of that situation and hopefully did something better off for herself. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was there's an example of me months later seeing that they were definitely preying on people that needed to get away from their job because just as much as I didn't like being a mall cop, uh, she didn't like, you know, handling jars of people's urine. Um, you know, with the, with the exit realty guy, like I, I want to preface that I thought it was different, even though I knew it was an MLM scheme because I thought it was like affiliate marketing. I've made a good chunk of money off of affiliate marketing commissions. Not a lot to boast about, but you know, it's, a, it's, I, I believe that affiliate marketing doesn't pressure you. It usually comes in line for content creators and other people. It's a good way for people to earn extra cash, but it doesn't involve you purchasing a product. It doesn't involve you being forced to work certain hours. And it's just one of those things. If you know how to do it properly, you'll be able to get it moving when you develop an audience or a tribe of people that will support you that you don't have to worry about. It's less of you selling it. It's more of you just providing different things to different people and you getting a kickback from it. I don't see a, an issue of that. Many, many people that you know, um, you know, are actually doing some form of affiliate marketing at some point. It's just, I, I think affiliate marketing, if you know how to do it, it's a great way to do it, but it's different from an MLM. You're not having to put money into a product because what they try to tell you is that there's nothing that you have to put in, but there's always something you have to put in. In the case of Exit Realty, I had to go ahead and put in for the signs, the cards, the listserv, the tests, the exam, the study material, everything, the advertising, and I would have had to do all the work and this guy's getting money and I might not be able to sell a house. And if I do sell a house, it might not be able to, to even cover all of those expenses. Um, I thought because you're dealing with real estate and you're not necessarily selling something that it was different. But ultimately, literally, what are you doing? You're just selling somebody else's stuff and you're hoping that you get there before somebody else does. So not only are you out of stake because somebody's getting a potential commission out of you long term. But now the whole thing is just so much it, – it's just an MLM on a grander scale and it's more regulated because MLMs are regulated to a degree to prevent them from being pyramid schemes. What they tell you is, OK, you're not buying necessarily the product. What you're doing is you're buying the upstart costs. I'm sorry, the starting costs. And what are the starting costs? You're buying promotional materials. You're buying uh, stuff on social media to advertise for it. You're buying the website. You're, billing, you're buying the handbooks. So what they tell you is you're buying the basic things you would need to buy, like, you know, let's say a uniform or some basic office supplies. That's how they get away with it. That's how they do it. Um, you're not having to buy all the energy drinks and all the products on there. You're getting commissions from getting other people to buy that. And they, you don't want them to just buy one time. You want them to get on the auto purchase so that way they're 
they're getting it regularly because people who are most likely to sign up for renewable services are less likely to ever actually take the time to cancel those. Um, it, it's just it's just a pyramid scheme with a few sidesteps. And it, it's one of those things where it's like you're, you're just not going to benefit from it. Um, you know, there, there are other things out there that if you wanted to go ahead and do it, you could do it. It also takes time, but it doesn't come with the pressure, the obligation, and it doesn't come with the forced or coerced selling habits. Um, you know, the, the job I had at one point where I was selling makeup business to business, it wasn't an MLM, but it kind of was. The only difference was that I was getting a, a base pay. But here was the problem with that. So I was getting about an $800 weekly base pay. And I thought it was weird that they pay you weekly. I got a check every week for the few weeks I did that. And the idea was you're going to get a base pay. So at least you've got some time to build up your talent and your ability to go out and sell those bags of makeup. But the idea is if you made more in commissions than your base pay, you voided the base pay and you kept all your commissions and tips. And I thought, okay, this is good. But, you know, what they try and do is they try and pressure you into getting to these, uh, you know, high-pressure sales tactics because, you know, if you're, not, if you're not selling more than that very, very quickly, they see you as a, you know, as a bad asset. Therefore, you can't be a account executive. That's what they basically called people that don't need babysitters to go sell shit. And, uh, I mean, I only did that for three weeks because after three weeks, I wasn't able to sell more than $800 of of makeup. I think every bag was like $20. They'd start you with 12 bags and then you go on to 20 bags. So 20 times 20 is 400. Um, You know, so it's like 20 times 20. uh, uh, Big numbers. I can't do math off the top of my head. I didn't predict I was going to be doing math in this episode. But anyway, they expected you to sell all those 20 bags. I was barely able to sell 12 bags a day. So at most, I was maybe coming back to the office with five, $600. Um, and you know, it got to the point where, especially towards the end of it, when I almost got mugged and I dealt with a screaming crackhead and other stuff that I'll, I'll need to go on a tangent about now, it got to the point where it's like, damn, I can't, I can't keep doing this. But what they tell you is it's your attitude. What they do is they essentially bully you um, that what they did was something that I didn't think was a bad thing at the beginning, but now I definitely see as an issue. What they did was they actually raided you every day. And what I noticed was that the ratings ultimately were entirely um, connected to how well you sold. So you could have the best attitude ever. You could do everything that they do in training. You could uh, do everything perfect, but if you can't sell those bags of makeup, you're going to have a bad day. And what they would do is they would uh, – they would rate your clothing. Did you dress well enough? Um, did you have a good attitude in the car? Were you constantly upbeat, talking, listening to music, joking around? Um, was your attitude good? Um, you know, did you uh, go through all the steps in the art of the conversation and shit like that? And you know, you could do it perfectly, but if you didn't sell the bags, they would always find a reason to go ahead and rate you poorly. So basically what you're being told every day is that you basically suck. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the idea of criticizing or reviewing or counseling an employee is a bad thing. 
But you don't do that day by day, especially as they're just starting. You do it after a couple of weeks. You do it after a month. Counseling and uh, mentoring and reviewing and grading is important. It's vital for any business. I've had it done to me. I still have it done to me. I've done it to other people, et cetera, et cetera. But the issue at hand is when you're doing it every day, what you're basically doing is you're conditioning a person to get immediate emotional reaction. If you tell someone after the end of a 12-hour day selling shit to people that you don't even – I mean you don't even want to sell this stuff, um, you know, it's very easy to get frustrated in the moment and then try and argue. And then they say, well, you see, you're getting argumentative because you're taking it personally because you know it's true. Very, very manipulative people. And even though it was not a direct MLM, it – uh, essentially acted in the same coercive way because they were telling you, get your friends involved, get your family involved, get other people involved. Don't talk about the business. We're in advertising. We're doing direct marketing. But this direct marketing is sales. They tell you not to sell. They tell you to pitch. But pitching is selling. And if we were actually marketing products, it wouldn't matter how many products we sold. What would matter is how many people we engaged with to see the products. That's how we would be gauging it off of. And if it was really promotional, we certainly wouldn't be selling it. We would be just giving it out for free. That's what direct advertising in terms of a direct promotion does. What they told us was that that wasn't true and that was ultimately selling. So where was the scam? The scam was with the clients and the customers. The scam was also with the, quote, account managers. And that's how these things work. And I realize that they pay you weekly to go ahead and give you that immediate high because there's nothing better than every Friday knowing that you're getting that check. And, you know, with all of this, what it's doing is it's all intended to quickly manipulate you. And I realized very fast within the first week that a ton of the people that I had started with weren't there. And I began to realize, why is it I'm still here and they're not? Did they go to a different office? Do they work different hours? Wait a second. We all report to the same office. It's the regional office. And we all work the same hours. Well, I realized that a lot of them quit because they saw it and I didn't. And they knew that they were basically glorified, underpaid makeup salesman. I'll never remember. You know, there are certain things that you're afforded or you're an employee that you don't get when you're a contractor or other stuff. I had, uh, for many of you know that I've had severe chronic pain in my neck going on uh, four or five years now. And uh, I I had uh, neck fusion surgery in December of 2018, and I'm doing this job in April of 2018. And even though a lot of my problems were better, I still had some issues with the the muscles in my neck and my shoulder. And essentially, because of all the giant heavy boxes of makeup and other stuff I was doing and the fact that I was carrying shit with me all day, it basically caused the, the muscles in my neck to basically lock up and seize up. And there was a day where I was not only in immense pain, but I couldn't turn my neck, so I had to take a sick day. And I'm also at the point where I also, I don't think I had insurance at the time either. So I couldn't go to the doctor just to get a doctor's note, just for him to give me more pain meds. It wasn't going to happen. Uh, what they basically found was that because of that, because I missed that day, um, you know, even if I had provided a doctor's note, this is what bothered me because I would have been fine if I, I, if I had given them a doctor's note. 
But what I found out later was irregardless of what happened, even if I did give them a doctor's note, I was still voided my base pay for the whole week. So I ended up putting in extra hours the next two days because I took that sick day on a Wednesday. And after working, let's see, uh, 12, 24, 36, 48 hours that week, I only actually made $50 from direct commission sales, meaning I voided my base pay based off the day I didn't work and the time I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't sell the makeup. I had only actually made the company $50. So that meant I probably sold two bags and then an eyeliner kit for 10 bucks. And I, I, sold it to some people in cash. I didn't have to charge them the tax. So I actually ended up having to pay the tax for that, which is probably a $5 out of pocket. So I only came home that week with $45. Yeah, that was when I quit. And um, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like I, I realized that I had basically been suckered because what was worse was the fact that this, quote, advertising company I was working with, the, the makeup wasn't a client. It wasn't a company that was hiring us to promote their client. What I found out later was that the guy that owned the quote ad agency, we were a shell, we were a shell corporation. And essentially he used us as a tax front for his makeup company. He owned it too. And we were basically selling his product. So he set up the, the, the corporation basically as a, as a, as a, as a cover for all that. And I'm pretty sure that within six months, not only did they shut down their uh, Tyson's Corner office for the D.C. area, but they rebranded and they restructured and a ton of people got fired because there were a ton of Better Business Bureau complaints, a ton of them. And uh, that's that's an example of an MLM gone a little bit more sophisticated but that that's how it worked, and I mean, it was it, it played it played on it, it played on me because I thought this is as good as it's going to get, and uh, you know, it got to the point where it's like I'm risking my health, my safety, my safety. <laughs> that was a big thing. Um, you know, I'm not making money from this. I'm working far too hard, and none of this makes sense. And there's too many lies, and there are too many things that just don't make any sense. Um, you know, that was. About the time I realized, okay, I think I've been duped by all the MLMs at some point, but this time they really got me. Um, it was it was a it was a bad deal. So what what I'm getting at is the best things that have helped me have been working in my own personal capital, developing my own skills, and learning how to leverage it. I didn't do photography because I loved photography. I did photography because I was good at it and I could make money. I learned digital marketing because it's still a very early field and there are many people that need it and there are many different ways to do it. And if you're good at doing it and getting results for people, you can make money off of that. I write books that I self-publish because if I'm going to go ahead and do all the marketing for it and I'm going to have to do all the hard work for it, I might as well make all the extra royalties for it. I do all of this because... Ultimately, I want to buy myself more time and more options, but ultimately I do it my way. I work with the things I like and you know what you're getting out of it. And this show is not just a place for me to hawk those things. I do that in order to allow myself to justify the time to put into this program, but the truth of the matter is is that I've seen far too many good people get manipulated by bad people into doing things that make their lives worse. And if I can help 
stop one person from being manipulated by those people, whether it be the government in many cases that we talk about, whether it's, uh, you know, cults of personality that we talk about, or even, you know, ill intent businesses like this. If I can help provide you the tools, the resources, the knowledge, and the talent to go ahead and better yourself, uh, that's another freer person in the world that will hopefully impact another freer person and another freer person. And the only way we help others is when we help free ourselves from the strengths that others put on us, but most importantly, the restraints we put on ourselves. This has been a great episode. A little bit shorter than the others, but I felt like it was something I needed to do. Wanted to dedicate a full monologue episode to this. As always, please help me out. Not only, and I'm going to say it again, yeah, if you want to check out the links in the show notes to take advantage of some of those deals, I would surely appreciate it. The thing that would really help me grow is a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It helps us reach new people. It helps us really keep this message going. As always, check out more episodes on the feed and the other great shows at the We Are Libertarians Network. I'm Remso W. Martinez. You're listening to On The Run. Good night. Stay well. Be safe. shows and more from the We Are Libertarians Network at wearelibertarians.com.